I, what I asked you before is I said, I have one more, like a, enough for one more shot in here. I said, do I need to get another one? I'm like, nah, I don't need to do that. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Drinking like a college kid, bro. Not in college, man. But if I was, I might be a male cheerleader. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Haas. From Detroit Sports Cloth. <laughs> There's the intro to the show right there. It is the Two Gods and a Goose podcast, episode three. Uh, Keith and Sham with you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us and indulging in the uh, shit show. Shit show. That's, that's safe to say at this point, right? Sure. I have my sippy cup right here. I have the. Uh, this is a staple of this podcast. This the styrofoam scissor. Scissor cup. A couple cool guests on today. And also Ben Quakermeyer from Detroit Bad Boys. He's he's gonna be on with us too. Which man, I love Bill, man. Yeah, Bob's great, man. Uh, so if, where they can find us on iTunes, let's start there. Uh, let them know where they can find us, Sham. Yeah, so you can find the podcast if you just search Two Gods and a Goose" on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you leave us a review. Um, uh, subscribe to us. Love us. Follow us on Twitter at Sham Sham God and at Envious. Zero two three, like Jordan. I think Jordan was just two three, not zero two three. But well, you know, listen, the goose is in here right now. Uh, follow him at Hot Take Goose on Twitter. Uh, he's all fired up because I have a hot take that I'm going to give you in a few uh, that he claims was his. Yes, we're going to put the flames on and everything. He's all fired up. He's running around here and it's two feet. He's all excited. I wanted to start though. Obviously, uh, we've been off a couple weeks. We want to cover some of the trades that happened. Uh, it was a pretty busy trade deadline. Uh, obviously, we kind of, as Piston fans, I feel like we kind of stole the show to an extent. Uh, we did. In dealing for Blake Griffin, we bring him to Detroit uh, for Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, and well, for Boban, and also two other guys. Uh, but Cleveland also made some news, but uh, we'll run down that in a second. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Blake Griffin trade and get your thoughts on Blake Griffin in Motown. So real quick before I jump into my thoughts, the doc on episode two predicted that Avery Bradley would get traded at the deadline, and he and he was 100% correct. He was uh, Nostradamus, basically. He predicted the entire Avery Bradley. Nostradamus. Tra- Let us sit. Yeah, he called that whole thing happening. But what did, what did you think about the Blake Griffin thing? We've kind of had a couple weeks now. I'm glad we haven't done a podcast. This is our all-star podcast, by the way. Uh, it's big all-star weekend, and Sham and I are completely in all-star fever right now. But what did you think now that we've kind of seen the Blake Griffin trade and some ups and some downs? What you what do you think about the trade? So when the trade first went down, I was very against it. I don't like Blake Griffin's contract. I still don't like it. I know I've come around to the idea of having a star in Detroit that can fill seats and make it exciting. And I and I I, I do think he does make the Pistons better, but I don't know how much better he really makes them with a full strength team. You know, I think if you look at the talent uh, of Reggie, Blake, and Andre, uh, the ceiling's pretty high with them. I, I think that we could do, you know, we could do some cool things in the future uh, with that trio. But I was, I was, I was more or less taken off guard. And I think, uh, you know, we're not going to get a, a real gauge on what the trade really meant until Reggie gets back, and then we kind of see that trio. I think, I think Reggie's going to make Blake look a lot better. Um, Reggie's a pick and roll specialist. 
more than the pick and roll, I think Reggie Jackson's shooting is going to help the squad um, achieve the spacing necessary to allow both Blake Griffin and Drummond to work. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. You think about the starting lineup right now with Ish and Stanley and Blake and Andre. I mean, Reggie Bullock is really the only shooter in the in the entire starting lineup. So can we kind of get some time to get some some traction with the, that And trio? then, yeah, let's just take a minute and appreciate how great Reggie Bullock has been. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Reggie Bullock, and then you talk about Stanley. I saw you posted something on your Twitter today, at Sham Sham God on Twitter, by the way, uh, in comparison to Jimmy Butler. Uh, and what you do, first yeah, three so years? Yeah, so it was their first three years in the league, and I, I compared their, their per-game stats and their per-36-minute stats, and they are very similar. The only statistical category that was significantly different was the pure shooting percentage. And then I also look at, and I tell my sister this all the time, Stanley is only 21 years old. And I feel like we all need to have a reset on Stanley a lot of times because he's only 21. And he was used in a, like, in a, in a manner that wasn't conducive to the way he actually plays basketball. Right, and I, and I think also without the feeling of, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get pulled type thing. Yep. You know, his his leash is longer. Uh, you know, that's going to – anyone's going to play with more confidence when you have that and you, you feel a little more confident in your role. You know you're going to get the minutes regardless. So, you know, I think there's a, uh, you know, a bunch of different things that played into his improved play, but Blake, no question, is, is part of that. Yeah, agreed. So uh, the other major trade in the uh, – you know, uh, before the trade line was Cleveland. They basically – 2K their roster. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. from the Lakers go to Cleveland for Channing Fry, uh, Isaiah Thomas, and Cleveland's first round uh, pick. You also had Rodney Hood and George Hill uh, go to them. The Jazz got D Rose, Jay Crowder. Uh, the Kings got uh, Joe Johnson, who now ended up with Houston, uh, and Amon Shumpert. So C- Cleveland really remade their roster. The early, let me put that, you know, in capital letters, the early response on the Cleveland trade has been, you know, they've been very good. Uh, it's early. What were your thoughts on those trades? You know, obviously they had to do something, but specifically with what they did, what'd you think about that? I think it's absolutely incredible what they did. They completely turned over an aging roster that really had trouble shooting from deep and got younger, more athletic. And all of those guys can shoot at or above league average from deep. And that is really going to help the spacing for LeBron and, and company to work. And I think the subtraction of Froze, who, let's be honest, I think he should just retire at this point, and Dwayne Wade. Well, I think Cleveland automatically got more athletic, which I feel like you had to do to be able to, um, you know, really certify that you're going, you know, you're the the the, the toast of the East. Um, so they got younger. They got ath- more athletic. Uh, they brought in some shooting, and you know, guys like George Hill can play defense. I mean, there wasn't a lot of wing defense that was being played. Jr. is kind of up and down, and you know, Isaiah. You know, I, I love him, but you know, arguably the worst wing defender ever. So, you know, I felt like that trade. You know, they addressed some areas um, that were definitely needed. And they obviously, they needed to make a trade. It wasn't working with what they did. But um, you mentioned Dwayne Wade. That was the other um, significant piece and more significant for us here in Miami. Dwayne Wade coming back home. I'm biased. Dwayne Wade is one of my top five favorite players ever. You know, he's home uh, the entire Miami-Dade County. You graduated from the University of Miami. You know how important this guy is to the city. Uh, everyone is very excited about that. It feels right. Eric and Tony are excited. Uh, you know, I won't ask you to do your Tony Fiorentino, <laughs> but... 
but you know, there's a lot of energy around the Miami Heat franchise. Now, what I will say with this, with this deal is this, and I don't want to take the intro, but I just want the flames uh, from your hot takes. This is going to be my first of two hot takes that I'm going to drop on you right now. Uh, and the first hot take is that Dwayne coming back to Miami because there was obvious friction. We've heard tons of friction with uh, the way Dwayne left, left, and over the you know small amount of money that you know they, they were kind of in between on him going to Chicago. I think this opens up. Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm doing dramatic. Pause. I can hear the flames. Are you ready for this? This opens up the banana boat guys coming to Miami next year. It is a real possibility. Let that let that sit. I'm gonna tell you why, but just let that marinate with the flames. Listen to those flames. It's very warm. I'm warming my hands in front of the flames right now. LeBron, Dwayne, Chris, Carmelo, they're a foursome. We all do we do we all agree as a consensus agreement that they're going to play together next year? Is that a consensus agreement? Would you agree with that? No. They're going to play all together next year, okay? It's the banana banana boat crew. They're going to they're going to play together. Uh Dwayne going back and mending fences with Miami tells me that Riley will do what is necessary. It's already come out that LeBron would be willing, rumors, the rumor mill, that LeBron would be willing to take a meeting with the Miami Heat. If he can mend fences with Dwayne, he can mend fences with LeBron. With Dwayne now back in the good graces of Miami, he can also help mend the fa- mend the fences. LeBron goes to the West. He has to deal with, Cle- with uh, Golden State before the NBA Finals. If he's in the East, it's pretty much a dry run. I mean, who do you have? Toronto? Kyrie Irving? That Miami Heat team with all those guys is not is not worried about those guys. LeBron James and the Banana Boat crew back to the 305, where I reside, is a legit possibility. Do I get to have an opinion on this? I mean, listen, the flames turned off, but sure. I don't know why Chris Paul nor Carmelo Anthony would want to leave their respective situations. If anybody's going to leave, maybe it's Melo. But Chris Paul is in a situation right now. He's in the best situation he's been in his entire career. Why would he leave? Oh, this leads me into my second hot take. Continue, but this is going to be my second hot take. Prepare the flames. Prepare the flames. Get them ready. All right, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish I, your thoughts. I just don't know why Chris Paul would leave. He's in here. such a great situation. He's threatening Golden State with his team. They're getting better and better. He's playing with arguably the MVP candidate of this year. Yeah, Not I agree. arguably I agree. the I agree. MVP candidate. And sure. there's some ridiculous stat out there. Like if Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint, and Clint Capella all play together, they've only lost like one game. Uh, to piggyback that stat, they are on pace to be the best offense ever in history. In the history of basketball, the best offense. So why would he leave that? Because, like my man Zach Morris said on Saved by the Bell in the 90s, friends forever. Said them with Jennifer Aniston. But listen, you led me into the second of my hot takes today. I know this is your this is your end. Usually you're Take smiling flames, at me fine. right now, but this Take is your flames. end. But... I have things to say, Thank Sham. You. I have things to say. My second hot take. And I'm going, I'm not going, this is this is not a definitive. I'm, I'm going to preface this. This is not a definitive, Sham. I'm not willing to be definitive on this, okay? Then it's not a hot take. The Houston Rockets <laughs> may 
M-A-Y in capital letters. That is such a warm take. Beat the Golden State Warriors in May. The Golden State Warriors have four, two former MVPs, okay. four All-Stars. Okay? One of those All-Stars kicks dicks. <laughs> Not relevant to the discussion, just putting it out there. The Houston Rockets, maybe the, they may be the only team in the entire league, okay? But they are capable. I'm, I am here to say, I am stepping in front of you. I'm looking you in the eyes. The Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, James Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, they are capable of beating the Golden State Warriors in May. Yes. So, 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 so what you're telling me is that they're capable of beating Golden State in May. They are capable, and you cannot name another team that you feel is fully capable of beating Golden State. I, I feel like every team is capable of doing anything. No, that's ridiculous. I, I, wait, that's, every team is capable of doing something. I, I think that's listen such a, to me. That's such the a cop If it's gonna be a hot take, you have to say they will or they won't. I need to put all your money on it, one one way or the other. That's a hot take. All right, hold on. Let me check with the goose. Hold on. Are we willing to say? Yes, we are. Willing to say? I like to amend my hot take. The Houston Rockets. Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella. Tell me another rocket real quick. Trevor Ariza, city of Houston. Very nice city. Been there a couple times. Enjoyed myself. The Houston Rockets will beat the Golden State Warriors in May. More podcast hits us because they ain't us. Speaking of cold takes, Ben Qualiata. Quagliata? How do you pronounce it, Ben? The first one was good. Uh, ben Quagliata from Detroit Bad Boys. Oh, wow. Uh, you want to plug all your, your Twitters and your uh, and your, your Facebooks and whatever? Yeah, I said you got the pronunciation right the first time, and then you just did it wrong. So that's very rude, but all right. Sorry. No, you're not sorry. Twitter is Quag, Quag Sport. Um, Facebook. It's not Qua Sport? Ha, huh, no. Um, Facebook... You can link it after it, and then I can all see all your Instagram foods again because I just love looking at all that stuff. Where can they read your stuff, Ben? My one article every two months can be found at DetroitBadBoys.com.net. Really? You're doing this? <laughs> so I have the first question. Uh, ben, I wanted to start on the obvious point. There's obvious tension between you and Sham. I wanted to ask you uh, how it felt, and you know, I want raw emotion. How did it feel? You know, you guys put your E-Rep on the line against each other. You're representing your great country of New Zealand. Uh, how did it feel to lose to Sham in a three-point contest by one point? He, he snuck into a middle school late at night. Um, I'm, I'm not impressed. There's a lot of foot on the line. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So that you're, you're, there's no, no feeling at all, just pure embarrassment? Is that what that was? Uh, it was rigged. We watched the video. You guys both did a lot of chirping beforehand. His foot was on the line. His foot was not on the line, although he was wearing um, spandex, pants. Well, so was I, to be fair. You guys both looked ridiculous. The fact is, when all the dust settled, he was one point better than you, and I just want to get your feelings on letting your entire country down. New Zealand will get over it. Uh, ben Quagglemeyer, Detroit Bad Boys with us. <laughs> Two gods and a goose. Uh. <laughs> so the first question... Um, who do you think you are? Running around leaving scars? 
Uh, Bob Quaggle Leader from Detroit Bad Boys on with us, Two Gods and a Goose. What gives you the right? No response. We got Bill Quaker Oats from Detroit Bad Boys. Ah, sure. Oh, come on. What's happening? Hey, but we can't hear you very well. Could you repeat your answers to the first two questions? Well, the first one, I just said running around leaving scars because I'm funny. And the other one, I just said no response. We got Bobby Quiggles um, from Detroit Bad Boys on Two Gods You're going to lose all your listeners from this one episode. Why? Yes. Why are you the way that you are? No response. Thanks for coming on with us, Bob. Two Gods and a Goose Podcast. So, guys, you'll never know who we just got on. Who do we get on? Oh, it's time to check in with the show nemesis and fearless leader of the Cold Take Army, Duncan Smith of B-Ball Breakdown and The Athletic. Uh, so now we have uh, Duncan Smith of The Athletic and B-Ball Breakdown uh, hack of Twitter. Duncan, how's it going, man? It's going well. Duncan, I, I before we had you on, uh, there was an actual conversation between Sham and I to, you know, everybody kind of knows you it's kind of like if they know sham and i they know you i've called you many times the best twitter follow if you like basketball twitter we had a conversation pre pre-show and we were like look you know duncan blew us off on the first two um first two episodes should we just make this a thing where he's not on and every week we're just calling him an a-hole because he's not on um yeah i i wish i had known that actually we could have uh, made it a thing I, duncan I, honestly i think that would have been a, a pretty funny segment I will. Um, say, I will say the goose didn't want you on it. The goose didn't want you on at all. He he's completely. He walked out of the room. He doesn't want anything to do with you. I know you guys have, you know, many issues. Yeah, there's this rivalry. I don't know where that stems from, but uh, I enjoy that as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the goose has like owned you multiple times. Uh, there was even a <laughs> poll about it, and uh, the goose was actually chosen as the best Twitter follow. Um, all right, let's just hop into the first question. Uh, the Pistons. They made a splash, to say the least. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the post-Blake Griffin trade? I think that the Pistons are just as inconsistent and unsatisfying as they were uh, before the trade, really. Um, you know, and, and they paid a pretty, I'd say, a pretty high price to get there. So um, I, I think beyond uh, it being a very good thing that Avery Bradley is, uh, is gone, um, I think that the ultimate verdict on this trade is probably going to be uh, held off until like years down the road when uh, Blake Griffin is playing 45 games per season while making $35 million per year. Now, was this your initial reaction like immediately after the trade, or has this kind of evolved since? Um, my initial reaction was that this was a terrible trade. Uh, the first couple of games after the trade... Got my hopes up a little bit, kind of uh, softened me to things a little bit, but um, I've kind of come back around to my initial reaction, which is that uh, this is a uh, a really high price to pay for Blake. Uh, you know, when um, when Blake signed his contract, my my initial thought was that's fantastic for Blake, but oh my god, I would not want to be the team that gets stuck with that bill, you know, in years three, four, and five. So, uh, <laughs> oops. The best follow on. Uh- on basketball Twitter, Duncan Smith, the athletic and basketball breakdown with us on two gods and a goose. Duncan, what is your ideal date look like? My ideal date. Um, that's, that's a pretty good question. Um, my fiance and I uh, have been on fairly like basically like opposite sleep 
and uh, work and functional schedules for the last month or so. Um, on uh, Valentine's Day, we, uh, we took some time and we um, watched a couple episodes of uh, of reruns Survivor, um, and then fell asleep at roughly the same time. That was that was a pretty good date, relatively. So your ideal date is uh, is watching Survivor and falling asleep. <laughs> Uh, Duncan Smith, our brother from The Athletic and B-Ball Breakdown with us on Two Gods and a Goose. Moving forward in the, in, the, in the years to come, if we let's live in a hypothetical world where LeBron goes to the West Coast, can the trio of Jackson, Drum, and Griffin potentially challenge for the East down the line, in your opinion? Maybe. I mean, there's not really going to be any way to add shy of, like, trades down the road or whatever um but it's going to be difficult to add like more talent and i think that this core is just going to age and and get worse uh you know we don't really know if we're going to see a, a fully healthy reggie jackson ever again yeah I'd, I'd have some pretty significant concerns about a core where you know blake griffin has probably got a ceiling of two-thirds of his games uh like you know he'll, he'll probably play like 65 games per season uh reggie god only knows um Andre Drummond is an Iron Man, but uh, you know there there are problems with him being like your best player most nights as well. So uh, I'd I'd say there are pretty significant flaws going down the road. Top three sexiest players in NBA history. Okay, um, Wilt probably has to be number one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, LeBron, I think. yeah, I, uh, I think LeBron has flashed his genitalia on uh, national television. Um. So, so is Draymond, hasn't he? No, that was Snapchat, wasn't it? No, he's kicked. He's kicked yeah. genitalia no, no, but had, but, for sure. No, but didn't he also show his genitalia on Snapchat? He meant to send it, and he put it on a story or something like that. Oh yes, yes, yes. That occurred. One and two came really quick, though, didn't they? They did. That's what she said. Number three, Kyle Korver, aka Vidal Sassoon, as my sister calls him. JJ Redick. Let's go with JJ Redick. Let's make JJ Redick the third sexiest player in NBA history. All right, what about top three ugliest players in NBA history? Oh, um, shit. I actually had a list for this one point in time. Um, I think <laughs> it just came up. It just came up once. With who? With who? Yeah, How I don't know. A lot of things up, just come Duncan? up. We spent a lot of time. What do you think they talked about in his Valentine's Day, uh, in his Valentine's Day dinner? <laughs> it's a good dinner. It's a good dinner. Uh, I'm trying. I think Kerry Kittles is one of them. Oh yikes! That's yeah. pretty ugly. Uh, I'm with you. George yeah, Marisan. Yeah, yeah. Very good choice. I think that's got to be another one. If you say Boban, we're ending this interview in- immediately. You know, I don't think I need to mention Boban as uh, as the yeah one of the, the top three sexiest well, you know, players ever. Dancing could qualify Agreed. him actually. I mean, this one's obvious to me. You've left out one person who is just it's, horrendous. Joakim Noah. That dude is. Okay. Yeah, we, we can go with that one. That's a that's a good one. We got Duncan Smith from the Athletic and B-Ball Breakdown on with us. Uh, Duncan, last time you took off your shirt that wasn't the shower pool or all the sex you have with your fiance. I mean, when I go to bed, I don't sleep with a shirt on. So I, does, does that count? That's, that so you just sleep without a shirt or was it, is it no pants too or is it? Um... Yeah, I, I get very comfortable when I go to sleep. I have always pictured you as a guy who would just sleep in like, Lavender colored silk pajamas with like a little top hat. A monocle by chance? Or top are you talking about top hat and monocle? You don't wear monocles to bed. Before you go to sleep, like glasses. You take them off right when you're ready to go to sleep, but you may wear reading glasses before you go to sleep. 
Well, no, I'm just imagining like Duncan just wearing that whole outfit at like two in the afternoon whenever he goes to bed. No monocle though. All right, so Keith was being crazy uh, earlier. He uh, he said Houston, the Houston Rockets are capable of taking out Golden State uh, in the playoffs this year. Is he crazy? Yes or no? I think that capable and likely are two different things. Um, so sure, they're capable, but I still think that like you know, if you run that matchup a thousand times, the Warriors probably win like 800 of them. Yeah, but you're only running it seven times. I'm saying Houston may be the only team capable. I I think that the Rockets are not likely, but the most capable team of knocking off the war- the, uh, the Warriors. So Dun- Duncan agrees with me, Sham, is what, what he's saying. He's saying there is a chance. Yeah, I, I think you just didn't understand the statement, Sham. Uh, Duncan Smith, our brother from The Athletic and B-Ball Breakdown with us on Two Gods and a Goose. Duncan Smith. Basketball expert, are you ready for the Goose's Picks? Let's do it. Now it's time for the Goose's Picks of the Week. This is where uh, the Goose makes picks every week. Uh, He's not with us this week. Obviously, he walked off. Uh, He was not happy that you were on the show, so he wanted nothing to do with that. So uh, we're hoping you can fill his shoes. These are big shoes. These are, uh, you're familiar with, at Hot Take Goose on Twitter. You know, best Twitter follow you can get. So I hope you're ready, Duncan. Are you ready? This is put you through the ringer. We're ready. In men's singles, Oscar Guo takes on Abhinav Manitoba. Uh, Manitoba. Also in men's singles, Ashwant Gobanathan takes on Edward Lau. Who you got, Duncan? Oh, Edward Lau. In women's singles, Jessica Mulati takes on Luisa Ma. Uh, give me Mulati. Uh, in men's doubles, Vakman Vaughn takes on Simon Wing Lung. Simon Wing Long by a mile. Oh, really? By a mile? Wow. By a mile. And that's crazy because that's doubles and it's only one dude, so that's that's crazy. By a kilometer. By a kilometer. What what part of his game do you like the most? Uh, what sport is this? Uh, in women's doubles, uh, Arena Calder Ha. You've heard about her, obviously. Takes on Anoa Pak. Who do you got, Duncan? Arena Calder Ha. Wow. Uh, most- Wow, that is an upset. I swore he was taking Anoa Pak. I swear. I, I, Man, that's crazy. Upset of the day, for sure. Uh, Duncan Smith, our brother, the athletic b-ball breakdown. We thank you for hanging out with us, man. Go, uh, you know, have an incredible date night and have lots of sex. You know I will. Two gods and a goose podcast. All right, so uh, we go from phony basketball writer... Uh, to real uh, basketball mind, Joe Borelli of the Superflight Podcast. And uh, Joe, we talked uh, off the air a little bit before the show. Uh, the Dunk Tales Podcast, the best name of a podcast ever. When Sham told me about Dunk Tales, I'm a huge Duck Tales person. Uh, I was like, this is the most creative name ever. So uh, Joe Borelli with us. Thanks for thanks for coming on with us today, bro. Sure. Thanks for having me. I can't take credit for the name, though. As I told you before, it was all the... Uh Brickhouse podcast guys. So if you want to show some love, hit them up and listen to their podcast. Absolutely. And I, I also want to uh, preface it. You're also a, a 76ers guy. That's your lane, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we wanted to get your thoughts on the Sixers uh, first half of the season and then kind of the predictions on the second half. They're, they're you know, looking good right now. So kind of want to get your thoughts, uh, you know, on the season so far and, and the season moving forward. The season so far has been pretty freaking. Can I swear? Yeah. 100%. Encouraged. I'm one of those guys that does that, like on every podcast. I'm like, like, why don't I lay down the ground rules? Joe, listen, Joe, listen, Joe, listen. This is not, yeah, this is not the regular, ordinary podcast. All right, good. By the way, you forgot my other podcast, but that's okay. You have three podcasts. 
No, two. Oh, you, did you say the super? I started flavor? with I'm that, just, Joe. What are we doing here? Okay, no, no. I know what he wants to do. Why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast? Who you're with? Go ahead and plug your podcast, Joe. We'll step back. Go ahead. You, you can find me over at the Superflight Podcast uh, and Dunktails with James Hollis. Okay, cool. Anyway, six-year season has been amazing to this point. Um, listen, let's talk about Ben Simmons for a second. If anybody tells me one more time that Donovan Mitchell should be Rookie of the Year, I'm going to slap them. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been amazing, but Ben Simmons is the Rookie of the Year. He's been so much better than I think anybody even imagined he was going to be coming into this season. And a lot of that has to do with his defense. His defense has been stellar. I think with him and Joel Embiid on the court together, they have like one of the, it's like somebody put a tweet out today about the best duo defenses and him and Joel Embiid are like by far the best in the league right now. Their season has been, I mean, it's had its ups and downs. They started out slow. They had the, they had the toughest schedule in the league for the first half of the season. And I think I and everyone else that is a Sixers fan expected them to come out and struggle right off the bat, that they were going to have a hard time beating some of these teams. And they, they performed amazingly. Um, and what are they now? They're 30 and 25. And we're, you know, we're past the halfway point. Um, Joel Embiid has been amazing. He's an all-star starter. He, I think he hasn't even played a full season yet in the two combined seasons that he's played so far. I think he's only up to like 76 games or something like that. And he's been a revelation. Like, the team is just so much better when he's on the court. I don't know, man. It's, it's been a – Dario Sarge has been awesome. He started out slow as well. He's come on. He's been – they're easily their third best player on that team. Um, Robert Covington has had a great season so far. TJ McConnell has been amazing. Uh, he's like the spark plug off the bench. He had a triple-double the other night, and somebody doused him in chocolate milk. <laughs> the incredible Joe Borelli of the Superflight Podcast and Dunk Tales with us on Two Gods and a Goose. I was just texting my wife to be quiet when she comes in. So, <laughs> uh, Joe, when your wife comes in, just just put her on. I, I just want to ask her whatever question. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Nope. Just, just whatever nope. question we're on, just... Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, you guys sat down. Damn. Sorry, my bad. She doesn't. She wouldn't come on anyway. She doesn't know shit about basketball, or does she care? Yeah, we just had Duncan Smith on, so... <laughs> nice uh joe my question obviously uh he's been a phenom joel Embiid. we've went through the process we've dealt with that whole thing he's everything we thought he was going to be and more uh my question was when you look at joel Embiid and you also look at today's nba what would you say his ceiling is all right so his unlike ben simmons joel Embiid's, i think his 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 ceiling uh, depends way more on his health, right? Because he's a big man. He's already had issues with his feet, um, back issues. You know, when you're a big man in the NBA, like those those health problems will shorten your career way more than I think anybody else, except for maybe the if you're a small point guard, right? If you get if you get banged around a lot as a small point guard, you're probably not going to have a long career. But it's the same thing with. Um, you know, your your centers, you're really big guys. He's seven foot two. I know he's listed as seven foot. That's bullshit. He's seven foot two. He's a really big dude. His body's gonna I mean he's you know, he's gonna keep filling out as well. As he gets older, he's gonna put on more weight and you know, he's gonna have to focus a lot on staying lean. So depending on how he does that, depending on how you know he is determined to, you know have a really good work regimen or a, a health eating healthy and, and keeping his weight down and stuff and, and, you know, prolonging his career in that way. I definitely think he has the potential to be a hall of flamer. Yeah, man, I could see like, he's averaging what 23 and 11 right now in his, in less than a full season. 
his defense, I mean, you, he's stifling around the rim. He, I think he's averaging just about two blocks a game. Uh, he's, his passing, it's way better than it was when he started, right? It's, he, I think he's averaging like two or three or four passes per game, assists per game, um, which is pretty good for a big man. I think the only thing that he really needs to work on is his turnovers. His handle's a little loose. He tries to dribble the ball and get cute a little bit in the, in the paint sometimes. You know, and because he's so big, little guys always just swipe it from him or people come, come in and poke it out. They double-team him a lot. He's got to get a little bit better at passing out of double-teams. And uh, he's already made incredible progress in that point uh, so far this year, too. You can see this guy, as the season goes on, just, like, progress and get better with every game. It's incredible. I can't think of another player that I've ever watched, um, you know, basically grow before your eyes. His ceiling is just uh, to be a god (laughs) among mortal men. It's tremendous. How's that? Uh, The the real question, uh, I think, when everyone looks at the Sixers from a national view – uh, and I know certainly myself has really um, revolved around Markel Fultz, you know, the former number one pick in in last year's draft, a guy that really did work at Washington. Uh, I don't understand what's happening here, Joe. I'm hoping you, as a Sixers guy, can explain this to me. It makes no sense. What? Please make some sense of this Markel Fultz thing for me, please. I think it was Kyle Newbeck that wrote an article about this um, on Philly Voice this week. If you haven't read, if everybody, if your listeners haven't read it, they should go check it out. It's a really, really well written piece. He spent six months on it, interviewing all kinds of people around this issue. The answer, I think, is that you know, for me as a speculator on the outside in, not knowing him, not knowing anything that's going on. I, I mean, not you know, not being able to talk to him personally. I, I really just think that like it's in his head. I mean, yeah, there's clearly a scalpular dyskinesis issue or some. BS like that. I don't know who the hell even heard of that before. What is that? I think really he's got the yips and it's really unfortunate. I, I can't think of a, a similar situation to compare this to, but in basketball anyways, when you think about somebody that, that um, is struggling this mighty and mightily, and it's all mental, it's mostly mental. I think like he's having to go through the progress of, uh, or the process rather of, of rebuilding muscle memory. That's, that's a scary thing. Um, especially for a shot that looked really pretty damn good coming out of college. I feel terrible for the kid. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. And and the thing is, like, I can relate to because I wilt <laughs> under every pressure moment. So, <laughs> like, the reason I'm okay on podcasts is because I don't actually have to talk to people in person. I can just hide in my studio behind a microphone, right? If, if you put me on TV, I would start crying. So I feel really bad for this kid, man. Like, imagine the pressure of being the number one overall pick and just like, he's 19. He's just a kid. I think it's great that like JJ Redick and Joel Embiid and all the guys are coming to his defense and rallying around him. I have hope that he's going to figure it out. And I have hope that, uh, you know, by having a really good support system now, like guys, you know, key into what he really needs. I hope that he'll come back around, but I think he literally got in his own head and forgot how to shoot. I'm, you know, I've actually, I've, I've had a similar situation where I was trying to, to talk to people in a group setting and I actually forgot my own name. Things get in your head. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's God's honest truth. 
I was like, yeah. now I just really want to hang out with Joe and make it awkward. <laughs> you should. Yeah, you don't have to make it awkward. It's already awkward when you hang out with me. Oh, it sounds tremendous, man. Yeah. You, me, and Duncan should hang out in one room. I just want to see the conversation that happens. So uh, we got Joe Borelli on with the Superflight Podcast and Dunk Tales. Um, does the process, the quote-unquote process, actually work? Or did y'all just get lucky? I think, come on, get lucky. <laughs> You're talking about a franchise that has had their their first overall pick or whatever for the last four years in a row. And before that, a center who they bet the farm on who had no knees, um, like not play for their first year. I don't think that's lucky. I think the whole point of the process was that you maximize your chances at, at hitting on it, at being lucky. Yeah. So you, you maximize your chances at that. Um, but man, like the, 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 the fan base has definitely had to suffer. And I'm still pissed that they pushed Hinky out because he had the longest view in the room. Like he talked about the whole time. And I have no faith in Brian Colangelo. I'm, he hasn't done anything stupid yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Bet my word. It's coming. I, I don't think luck was the thing. I think they actually had a clear vision of what they wanted to do. It pissed a lot of people off. They took some huge risks. They gambled on like whether or not people will stick around for it. And a lot of people left, but now they're back. Now that they're good. I don't know, man. Like, Sam Hinkie is my lord and savior. I'm never going to blaspheme the lord and savior. So the process, they were right all along. And um, think about this. The Sixers fans, I, the Sixers have not won a championship since 83, I think it was. They had a couple of good years there with Iverson. And Iverson alone was just enough to get people to the games because Iverson was amazing, right? But they didn't really have any good teams around them. They got to the championship. They got to the finals in 2001. But they never had a chance of beating any, you know, the Lakers. They were fun teams sometimes, but nobody cared about the, the basketball team. Now, now that they got Embiid and Simmons and like the, the stadium is packed every single night. Yeah, that's a great that's a great fan base in general. And it's good to see the Sixers back. It's good to see the Sixers in the playoff mix. It's good to see the fans excited out there. Uh, Joe Borelli, Superfly Podcast and Dunk Tales. Uh, you were amazing. Please come on with us as often as you can. Uh, and we thank you so much for joining us on, on the show today, man. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Just ask anytime. I'm always available. More podcast hits us because they ain't us. All right. So you know what we do every show. We end the show with a segment called Ask Sham. It's my mom's favorite segment. Uh, at Sham Sham God on Twitter. Hashtag Ask Sham. That's how you get the questions. And we had some great questions this week. You have not looked at any of these questions, correct? Nope. You're ready. The hot take machine is what I call you when you get into Asham mode. I see you over there. You're standing up. You're all fired up. Are you ready to do this? I am so ready. And now it's time for Ask Sham. Question number one. Would you rather this shout out to my boy Eric on Twitter who who came up with this question? Would you rather have my head or chin be your head? I would rather have your chin because it's chiseled, and I want my head to be chiseled like your chin. Uh, did Boston send IT to Cleveland to destroy them from within? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look what happens. Cleveland's in shambles. Boston got so much better. They cut bait and gave Cleveland a cancer. Uh, Russell Wilson was traded to the Yankees. Does he move the needle for the Yankees? They just got uh, ju- They have Judge. They just got Stanton from the Marlins. Nope. They'll still be the second best team in New York. Would you rather... Be abducted by aliens or haunted by a ghost? I personally would rather be abducted by aliens, and I only say that from personal experience. I've been haunted by a ghost before. I I swear to God, I thought you were going to say you've been abducted by aliens before. No, but I definitely would love to. Is Luke Babbitt 
aka out here in the 305, we call him Trey Balls with a Z, is Luke Babbitt the missing piece? It was time that the Miami legend came back to Miami, went back to his roots. Yes. Luke Babbitt is going to transform Miami into not only a playoff yes. team, but a perennial playoff team. Yes. Wins are for heat. Do cows have best friends? Maybe. No, they do. They do, and I'll tell you why. Cows never eat alone. When is the last time you've seen a cow eat alone, graze alone? They're always with people, always with other animals, always with their cows. They have best friends like everybody else, and let's not sell themselves short. Name three living people you would want to play pickup hoops with. You're a big pickup hoops person. I am. Pickup hoops legend, actually. And I would choose one, Detroit News' Rod Beard. Two, Abraham Lincoln. And three, Barack Obama. Should the Eagles fan who stole a Super Bowl stadium seat, he brought it as a carry-on on his flight, should he have to pay for that seat, champ? Absolutely not. Not only is he, did he win twice in that in that stadium, he deserves to have that seat, deserves to have a memento, and I think I think it only costs like 125 bucks. So let him have it, let him enjoy the win, and go Eagles. Uh, Todd Phillips is developing a new Joker standalone movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is allegedly cast to play Mr. J in the new standalone uh, movie. Uh, good choice. You know, I love Devin Booker on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I don't really know anybody else in Phoenix. Uh, maybe Tyler Eulis. Is Brandon Knight still over there? You know, I'm going to go with Phoenix in that one. Did you know Bradley Cooper was an Eagles fan? I don't even know who Bradley Cooper is. But if he's an Eagles fan, good for him. I wasn't a big fan of Avery Bradley, uh, so I didn't know that. And, you know, Bradley Cooper sucks. Has Bradley Cooper watched one full game of Eagles football this entire year? You know, Avery Bradley's been been with the Pistons. He's been, you know, practicing, and now he's with the Clippers. I don't think he has any time to watch Eagles games. Uh, this last question, uh, I I got it, and it was right up your alley. I'm excited about this one. A uh, female blogger started a challenge that involved women sliding into their crushes' DMs in an attempt to get a Valentine's Day date. Has anyone been in your in your DMs in in the last week, Sham? In the last week. You bet. There have been a few people in my DMs the past week. Um, none of them have asked me for a Valentine's date, but um, yeah, I'm sad now. That is Ash Sham, at Sham Sham God on Twitter. Hashtag Ash Sham. Uh, it's my mom's favorite piece on the entire show. She just fast forwards to the end. Uh, that is episode three. We thank Joe Borelli. We thank Duncan Smith. We thank uh, Bill Quakermeyer from Detroit Bad Boys. Uh, we had, listen, this was a good show. It really was. I'm feeling good about this show. Yep, me too. It was a good show. So, uh, Sham, let the people know again where they can get us on iTunes and Stitcher. Yep, you just said it. So we can, <laughs> so you can find our pod on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Two Gods and a Goose. Make sure you leave us a review. Uh, subscribe to us, five stars or whatever stars you want. Seven Minim- stars, eight stars, nine stars. Yeah, but the minimum is five. Um, so yeah, make sure you you all, you follow us on Twitter too. Go Eagles. We'll talk to you guys episode 4.